You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech, featuring a weekly roundup of tech news and gossip. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. Yes. And the you're listening to the sounds of Stockton Productions. Oh, hey, all right. We'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Uh, Welcome, welcome to uh, Geek Nerd Tech, episode 14. The devil is a lie. Geeks are the truth. I'm, I'm Joe Braswell. I'm joined as always by my, my brother Achilles Shine. Yes, sir. How in the building. Doing I'm doing good, man. Um, it's been it's been, a, it's been an interesting month thus far. Okay, how you doing in levels? Um, you can boost me. Boost me up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. good. Good. I'm solid. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, and we are uh, joined today by a special guest. Yes, we have we have an incredible guy in the building today. He is a technology consultant. He's one of my good buddies. Um, Eric Woodard, I'd like to welcome you to the show, man. Thanks for having me, What's guys. Good? How you doing, looking man? For, I'm doing well. Looking forward to this. All right. Yeah, we have a lot, lot to discuss. Uh, we also have uh, our guy, Stephen Lemieux, on the ones and twos and the wheels and steels, keeping it real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, big giant week in the, in the, in the, in the, in the geek world, in the, in the nerd culture world, and in the tech world, and in the entertainment world. We're going to try to touch a little bit of all of it. We're going to get to some video game stuff. We're going to get to some tech stuff, as always. We're going to get to some Oscar stuff. Um, we're going to start with some Oscar stuff, actually, because the Oscars, as we know, were last Sunday. We do our shows on Friday, so we're always a little late. Now yeah. We're like a full week late on, on a discussion that's been happening all week, but we'd be remiss if we didn't have a conversation about a couple things. Absolutely. Namely, uh, uh, my girl, our girl, Lupita, yes. um, winning for 12 Years a Slave. Patty, that was a... Uh, Patsy. Fan- Patsy, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> Patsy. Uh, fantastic win. I was rooting. I put, my, put my, uh, my, my picture of her and me together on Instagram to try to, like, you know... <laughs> give her some luck because she needs to touch, make, sure, make sure the world knew for that sure. she was associated with me. Absolutely, <laughs> for at least one day, half yeah. a day, maybe three minutes. Her winning that award, man, it, it was electrifying. Like yeah. I felt, I mean, I felt really emotional seeing her win and just just her experiencing that, being that she got the role and she was still in school. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like that's an incredible like projection to success. Yeah, like to go from, weeks away from a college student to winning an Oscar. That's yeah. amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, the fact of the matter is she's, uh, I think it's like the fifth person that's, that's won in their debut. Right. Uh, it's like Barbara Streisand, Eva Marie Saint, um, uh, a girl J-Hud did it, um, uh, 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 Mary Poppins, um, Julie Andrews did it, uh, and one more person did it, uh, Marty Matlin. So, like, yeah, that, it's, it's a very, it's a very uh, small crew to be able to say the first thing I dropped to win an Oscar but, um, you know, she's a sister, so that's, that's even even better. Yeah, man. What's, right? what's your take on that? I mean, I still haven't seen a movie. Oh! Yeah. oh. <laughs> 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 you could have said, you could have said I saw the movie, but. <laughs> I just, just, wanted, just wanted to keep it honest. But no, I think, I think, I think it's a great thing. Like, I think even, even more so outside of like her heritage and like, you know, her, you know, how I can relate to her. I think the part about, you know, it's because I saw her speech and she was saying, you know, no matter where you're from, anything is possible, kind of just speaks on what you said, like to be that close to graduation and to be that focused and you know what you want out of life going into graduation and to get it almost immediately. It's like the trajectory is impossible at that point. Like no one can really tell you anything at this point. Like you cannot do anything. Like you won an Academy Award. Like you won the highest. So like now all you need is best actress. Exactly. And and you're, you're good for life. So I think she's already off to a great start. Like it's pretty inspiring situation. I think it's uncommon too, that we see such a young black, dark skinned woman who's able to have this, as you say, trajectory of success. Like, in fact, we've never really seen this. Well, where, well, I mean, that's seventy-five that, that. years ago. Hattie McDaniel was dark skin. She won, but, but she, wasn't she wasn't young. young. <laughs> Man, wasn't. Oh, but stop it. She <laughs> she wasn't three weeks away from graduation. No, but she wasn't old. She just looked old. 
Okay. I'm going to get age. Fair enough. Okay. I don't know how old she was. Okay. So I won't speak I'm going to ask Mr. Internet how old she was. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm not, you did not have to diminish your point. Go ahead. I mean, just the point is that, I mean, I, I'm really I'm really proud that we're seeing, um, I guess, a variation from the, the, the normative look of what a black actress is, which is usually a fair skin, lighter, lighter skin yes. person. Like, and we're seeing, you know, more of a, a well-rounded, um, description of a, of a black woman that's getting a lot of media attention, that's getting sponsorships, that's getting, you know, articles and all this, you know, media attention. I think that's, what's really, really cool for me to see as a black man, as a black person. And, and I just applaud her, man. Like, I was really, really excited that she won this award. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm saying not to not 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 to bring it up, but I can't say I didn't think about it. Um, in the fact that yes, she is black, but she's not African American, so it's like, you know, part of me wonders. You know, even the people that were nominated this year, like you know, you got all this buzz, like oh man, it's four blacks, but they're not African American. So as an African American that can't really trace his lineage back, you know, part of me. I can't look at it quite the same because they're on an international level. You know, there's always been this bigger acceptance of like that color of black skin versus like the other color of black skin. So it's like, how much is it really saying about the industry and how open it are and, you know, how freeing it is. Of course. And then like, you know, they're all from the same, you know, even, even the guy from, 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 uh, Captain Phillips, like, right. mm-hmm. you know, he's American, but he's Somali American. Like, you know, he doesn't look like an African American that was just brought here type of thing. So, you know, it's it's something to kind of like, at least I thought about, like kind of stuck out to me because, you know, yeah. Yes, it's true. That's that's actually a good point. But I think that it is, there is something to be said about, I mean, look, you know, like we said, uh, um, my man Abdi, uh, and um, there, there, we talked about last week how there's been a lot of talk about African Americans and you know when a lot of mistakes made by journalists which have all you know recanted them now. But we have you know obviously um, uh, Steve McQueen English um, uh, uh, Lupita is uh, Kenyan Kenyan Mexican Kenyan Mexican yeah. Um, and you know uh, Brock, Brock, Brockton Abdi I can't Somalian can't Somalian. So uh, we did have John Ridley. Um, who is African American? Who, 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 who did win? You know, who did win? But uh, you know, yeah. But it is it is said something. But I think that here in America, we're so. I mean, as a country, we're not as we're not. We don't even understand the difference between you know African American and Kenyan American and English American. So I think the perception here among white folks is probably like, oh, it's just a bunch of black folks anyway. It, it is the same because if you know, I, I, you know, we'll, as an African American, I do the same thing. If right. like you know. Emma Thompson wins. It's like, oh, okay, right. A white woman wins. Right. Like, she might not be from America. She might well, be British. Like, I think I, I don't think that point really plays a part because if we look at if you open up a magazine or you driving down the street and you look at a billboard and you don't see any representation of black skin, like you don't look, to, you don't ask the question. Well, hey, I wonder if she's born in America. <laughs> right. No, you see a black person and you're happy right. to see exactly. Yeah. That's the point. Okay. Right. And as and as did uh, Lupita when she said, you know, the, the thing that made her get into the game was was watching The Color Purple, you know, back in Kenya, she saw Whoopi and she saw Oprah and she's like, that was when the first time she saw black faces on the movie screen. It was like, oh, these people can be on the movie, you know, people that look like me right. can be on the movie screen. So it wasn't necessarily like American or whatever. It's just the fact that she was motivated by folks that look like her can be on the movie screen. And so that's what, that's what got her in the game, which is, you know, which is fantastic. Um so, you know, big ups to Lupita. Um, Hattie McDaniel was at the ripe young age of 45. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, some of us are like close to that age right now, still consider themselves kind of young. Okay. So I'm just saying. Uh, but your point, point taken. Uh, so <laughs> let's move on. We got to talk about, um, from a tech standpoint, social media standpoint, we got to talk about the selfie, right? Man. The the big the selfie heard around the world. I mean, the selfie's been talked about. I mean, it's been written about, talked about, tweeted about, chatted about. But uh, you know, let's let's do it some more. <laughs> <laughs> so as 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 if, unless you're under a rock, you know that uh, Ellen DeGeneres uh, took a Samsung phone mm-hmm. and did a seemingly impromptu selfie uh, that you're seeing here with everyone squeezed in, including. Um, uh, Peter Nyong'o, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the luckiest man. Like how he did, my man Peter squeezed squeeze in there. He somehow. did the little mama. Yeah, oh, he did. He did. <laughs> uh, so and you know and uh, 
the most retweeted selfie. It's actually crashed Twitter, as we know, yeah. right? Which which is fantastic. It beat out um, Barack Obama's reelection numbers for when he got reelected. He had like eight hundred thousand plus t- tweets, and this right. one was was over a million. So the two things I want to talk about about the self selfie real quick is not the fact that it was taken, but blah, blah. We know is a the the Samsung piece in it, and the sort of the the, the maybe the staging and the planning of it. But I also want to get first and talk about what you just said, which is sort of the I don't know, sort of the um, I don't know the, the pop social. Uh, implications of the fact that, yeah, this could crash Twitter and it'd be not Barack Obama. Like, the things that are important, you know, uh, the Ukraine, uh, whatever, Uganda, like, anything that's happening that's really important is is trending, but this is the shit that crashes it worldwide. So what does that say about where we are in our culture? I mean, my take on that is, I mean, we obviously live in a celebrity culture where people are infatuated with celebrities, with actors, actresses, musicians, entertainers. So, I mean, to see, you know, this pantheon, if you will, of of top guys and gals in in one photo that seemingly is impromptu is... Is is a is a conversation piece, and so I yeah. think people are like, "Oh, this is cool! Like, it's my favorite actor or my favorite host. Yeah. Like, I'm going to retweet it." Like, they, we, especially since we talked about selfie being part of the lexicon now, yeah. And to see, word like, of the year, yeah, word of the year, we see now these celebrities doing it in live TV. Like, I mean, that's a talking piece. Yeah, so. I agree. What did you think about the selfie? Nah, I, I, I kind of d- d- take the same take on it. Like, I don't think that it says we're like less less aware. Uh, you know that it, the fact that it beat out like the you know second black president getting re- our first black president getting to reelected to a second term, but right. it's like if you look at that, you know, like Bradley Cooper has his fans, like Ellen has her fans, so it's like it's compounded. So that's right. what I think the effect was. It's like just the amount of people in there, the amount of Oscar winners in one right. picture, and the fact that it's a selfie and that it happened live on TV and it was you know well, yeah. quote unquote unscripted. It was like, oh man, like I, I got to retweet this because it's my favorite actor. Even though I might hate Jennifer Lawrence, it's like I love Bradley Cooper. Or right. I love you know Brad Pitt or whatever. So I think that helped it. Absolutely, I think that there's you, you touched on two things that are really important there. I think that uh, you know this is this is sort of back to our media culture as we talked about this need of like you know what's important to uh, what's important to advertisers, what's important to networks is live television, right? So the Oscars is watched worldwide by a billion people, you know, yeah. and this is not, it's not necessarily counting people that are sharing, tweeting, streaming as well, but this is watched by a billion people. It's live. It's like right? we talked about with the Super Bowl, with the Walking Dead. It's a water cooler exactly. moment. Exactly. It's a water cooler moment, but, but you have something that's that's live. Now, we already know when the live event's happening, we all watch with two screens. We watch with our phone. We watch our tablet. We watch with everything. So the Oscars is no different. So you have a situation where people are watching live, people are tweeting live. If she's going to do a, if she's going to do a, a selfie on a Twitter feed with all of those followers and all of those fans, a billion people, people want to be part of that conversation Absolutely. because they're watching it live. So it, immediately that happens. That just goes to show you the impact of social media on our live television landscape right now. Because Absolutely. Yeah. If, I guarantee you if after uh, you know, um, Russell Wilson scored, you know, scored a touchdown. He pulled out, a, uh, did a Terrell Owens <laughs> moment, and did a selfie. That would have crowd crashed Twitter too. Oh man, I mean, more those, than a million. Yeah, so that'd be really, it's just really about what you're doing in the moment when those many eyeballs are on you, and you put something on a Twitter feed. That's a social experiment there, which I thought was was very interesting. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even watch the Oscars. I was out at dinner, but right. I still saw that. Yeah, well, exactly. and it retweeted it. Like, exactly. and it was <laughs> you're like okay, and it like what I saw it is like been retweeted like two minutes before. Like, yes. like so it's like. Yeah, I, got, I was like, wow, this is cool. Like, yes. got to retweet it. That's interesting. And I, and I don't know about the, infra, this, the Twitter infrastructure, but that's just interesting that, you know, the, the retweets upon retweets upon retweets upon retweets, it, you know, at a rate that it would just crash the <laughs> crash Twitter. I mean, the idea of crashing Twitter is like insane to me. Yeah. I mean, that's Twitter is a, is a, is a gigantic infrastructure behemoth, I would think. Yeah. I so. mean, the ground swelling of, you know, all those voices interacting on the platform. Sure. Like the bandwidth, it can't, it can't hold it. Right. But for me, I think. Like aside from the social media aspect of the story, just like the marketing advertiser aspect of it, yeah, I mean, let's get was, into that. Was extremely cool. Like the fact that I mean, I think the statistic was from 2009 to 2013, Samsung spent maybe 24 million dollars <laughs> on ads yep. running during the Oscars. This year alone, they spent 25 million. Right. And so the, the like the, the tra- traditional um, commercial ads and then the product placement. Converging that together, like just the impact of how their product is, you know, being being put out to the audience is, is crazy. I, yeah, I think they're absolutely winning that smartphone battle. Even though I have an iPhone five <laughs> and 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 I'm okay with that. It's For like sure, I do too. Their, their marketing, like their technology, like what they offer, 
it, it, you know, Apple is not keeping up. Not at all. I mean, Samsung's, a, I mean, just, just <coughs> turning into a Samsung commercial, I want to get back to the, to the advertising, <laughs> but I will say Samsung is a fantastic product. I mean, it, it's a, those, those smartphones are great. They're doing a really great job with all those phones, and uh, the Galaxies are fantastic. Uh, their marketing's great. Their, you know, their products are great. I personally am an Apple guy, an iPhone guy, and I'm an Agreed. iPhone loyalist, so I will be that way. But yeah. I can also recognize that Samsung is, you know, we talked about this before yeah. in this sort of smartphone battle. Samsung, we were just came back from CES a couple months ago. Samsung's doing a damn thing and continues to do so and aggressively, aggressively are attacking this space, you know, in terms of like, because App- Apple is a little vulnerable. They've been vulnerable since Steve Jobs' passing. So Samsung's aggressively attacking this space. And this campaign is a perfect example of that. Now, the question I have for you on that is, you mentioned that this is kind of cool. There's been mixed reviews about, this is for both of you, there's been mixed reviews about, and it's sort of cynical, there's a real very a high cynicism with this. There's a high cynicism like, uh, Samsung, you know, to commercial in the middle of the Oscars, Ellen's waving a phone, this is bull. Like, I mean, but there's also an element of like, oh, that was very smart. I mean, you don't think at all that this was sort of like contrived and cheesy, or did you think this was cool? I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't apply any cheese factor to this. I think Absolutely it's very, not. I think it's very cool. I think it's very sophisticated. It's using where we are culturally, it's using the technology that we have to promote and to sell your product. Like, why do you have to go the traditional route? Here's right. a commercial. Like, sure. come up with unique, creative ways to, you know, talk to your audience. And I think this is a, a great way because you're using celebrities, you're using an event, and you're using what the phone, the technology is to be used for, taking selfies. Like, right. that's cool. And then the sharing, the share, the shareability aspect of it, that makes you want to go get the phone. Hey, I want to shoot that. Oh, okay. What was, what was your take? I think that it's testament to non-cheesiness is the fact that it crashed Twitter. Like, yeah, it wasn't right. only until after the fact that people, like, saw articles and saw how much they were spending. It's like, oh, okay, now I feel, like, cheated or duped by corporate America, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you see product placement every day. Yeah. Like, right. in everything. Like, yeah. in movies dating back to the 1930s. Like, you see... Since clear, the advent of television. Yeah, exactly. You placement. see product placement. So it's like, this was very cool. Like, I, I prefer this than, you know, I'm watching a movie and it's like, so obnoxiously obvious that they have the Apple logo lit up on their, on their, on their laptop every time it opens up. It's like, this is... It, it was natural, and I think right. that's the point that the, the thing that helped it too—the fact that it was it was natural and it was around an event that is popular in our pop culture. Right. It, it, so it, it felt just like something that could have happened. It could have easily it could have easily been a comedic piece that she did without anybody's phone. Right. And to your point too, like Samsung also had product placement when they had uh, the segment with the. The, the young future filmmakers, yeah, and they they ran that that spec. They they were using the Galaxy as well, and also they, they Samsung gave ABC a bun, and all the folks a bunch of stuff on the red carpet. So there's red carpet stuff with Samsung. Samsung had a, had a giant presence here, and uh, the fact that you know Ellen was live tweeting with a Samsung phone was really you know. It was, it was amazing. Actually, I read that she uh, was live tweeting with the with the iPhone. Oh, <laughs> seriously? Okay, yeah. no, personal That's phone. Who she was, yeah, yeah with her I, iPhone. Maybe I that explains that that blurry selfie that she had over there. Uh, <laughs> you're an iPhone guy. Why are you trying to bash iPhones? It just That's fit. a good camera. It fits. That's a hot no. camera. <laughs> iPhone iPhone five S. Uh, okay, so let's, let's move on from that. Um, uh, let's get into Sandra Bullock just briefly because. Um, you know, as we're talking about this stuff, Gravity um, took, home, took home a boatload of rewards, a fantastic movie. But one of the interesting things is Senator Bullock is due to really cash in on this movie, right? Mm. I mean, she's going to, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, little uh, Miss 46, seven-year-old Sandra Bullock is going to make $70 million. Yeah, that's that's caking out, man. <laughs> That's off. That I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty good payday, right? Absolutely. That's a, that, that comes from a lot of the things where you know in a movie like that has been in development for so long. Uh, you know, you have a lot of you know people get back in, like they get a lot of stuff where like you know you you reduce start reducing your front end fee, and you believe in the movie, but you get a higher back end, and you know the movie made a lot of money, and it continues to make money, and the sales are great, and the um, and the and the downloads will be great, and the. Um, you know everything associated with the movie worldwide. The three D t- ticket prices are high. Um, she's cashing in. Man, she's c- caking out, man. Caking out. And, and like they call this the twenty against twenty model, where you get you know twenty million dollars up front, and then you get twenty percent on the back end. And this is usually for like the the top dogs, the top actors, and it's, and it's mostly men that garner garner this you know this this amount. Right. But for her to be able to, you know, have, you know that. 
top line up front and be able to get all the DVD stuff, like all the 3D stuff you said in, in terms of the the movie theater stuff, the um, the the broadcast TV stuff that's going to come. Like she's going to really really cake out on that, right? Um, plus, they didn't have nobody else to pay in a movie with, with like Marvin the Martian's cameo. Like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's not like that exactly. That's, a, that's actually a good point. Yeah. You only got really two two actors in the whole movie. Yeah. You know exactly. And so. like most most actors get it on the back end, and then a lot of actors don't get anything. They just get the residuals. You know what right. I'm saying? So. For her to be able to have, you know, both, all three of those is amazing. And right. it certainly doesn't help that it was, like, an incredible film. Like, right. and it, this isn't, you know, one of the movies that you hear all the time, the technology movies that crash. Right, Like, because right. people just don't care to see it. Like, it was a great film. Great she, film. She was great in it. Oscar-worthy and, performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, the, but in contrast to that, I think that this is, it's a good segue um, to, to actually talk about uh, our guy, uh, Bakrit Abdi, who is yeah. the opposite the opposite of that, uh, my man who did a great job in Captain Phillips, yeah. who was integral to uh, that you know to that movie success. The movie cost about fifty five million dollars and it grossed over a hundred million dollars and it's still counting. Um, he has this famous line uh, which goes like, "What Achilles? <laughs> Why you keep putting me on <laughs> You're this?" Actor, man, don't you tell me get the line. I am the captain now. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look at me. Look at <laughs> there you go. There you go. I knew you had it in you. All right. Famous line, which is, you know, it was just now a, you know, I'm, I'm almost borderline iconic movie line. That goes up there in the, in the movie, on the movie reel of like iconic <laughs> lines. That's going to go up there. He improv that line, ad libbed that line on the spot. Like a lot of the credit of, of this movie working goes to him. Here's the bad news. Um, when the movie was made, he was a day player. Like he, he got paid $65,000 to be in the movie. Uh, which was, you know, at the time seemed, seemed fairly reasonable, but, but, n- and no back end, no, yeah. no, no 2020 deal for him. Not at all. Uh, the movie goes on to be a huge success. He does get nominated for BAFTAs and Oscars and all kinds of and independent spirit awards and all kinds of great stuff, but he is now baroque. Yeah. Which is a very sad story. Like he is it's literally a, out of money. It's a tough situation to be in, man, to like to go to these heights. To go from driving a limo to the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have to ask yourself, well, what's going to happen tomorrow? Like, am I going to get opportunities to act in other films? Or am I going to just go back to, you know, driving limos? And so, I mean, I, I feel for him because, like, I'm sure he's talented and I'm sure he could, you know, do great things in film. But I don't know if those opportunities are going to come to him. I think, I think it's, a narrow, it's a narrow route for him. Yeah. So it's going to be tough. Did you see Captain Phillips? I'm putting you on the spot. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Did you see the clip? I'm the captain now. <laughs> I, th- that was in a preview. Okay. So like, I, I, I saw that. I saw, I saw that a lot. I saw that a lot. But no, I, I think like what was interesting about this is I, you know, it was a, a situation I never thought of, but it probably happens to a lot of people. Sure. Like, you know, and especially people that aren't classically trained actors, where right. this isn't this isn't their field. Like this isn't what they're like they want to do. Like they just kind of fell into it. Like. You know, how often does this happen? And, you know, you get Tom Hanks, who's probably making close to what yeah, Sandra Bullock is yeah, going to make off sure. of that. And it's like, man, like, what do, what do you do in that kind of situation? Yeah, so it's a weird situation because it's like, it's not really, you know, Hollywood's fault. It's one of these things that, that it, you know, in hindsight, you want to say, way to go, Hollywood. You know, you know, but it's not really Hollywood's fault because the system is sort of set up. You know, I feel like that he was maybe at the time fairly paid. Um, and at the time, fairly compensated. Now, whether or not that deal was negotiated differently, it could have been negotiated differently. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what his rep- representation situation was like, but I don't know. I mean, I feel like that there should be some sort of contingent in his deal that says I, I if the movie does X, I, 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 I he should make more. I kind of do. What are you saying? I was going to say, man, I mean, in terms of like, I mean, you could make 60 racks off just getting a national campaign through a commercial that you can shoot in one day. Like, he you shot could. this movie over a long period of time. Yeah. He had a he had a major role in the film. He only got paid 60000 But whose fault is that? Is that Paul Greengrass? Is, is, that, is that like, if I'm, if I'm the producer of that movie and I say, hey, I'll give you 65, it's like, I'll take it. Is it, my, is it my fault? Of course. You know? Of course. I mean, but who wouldn't take it? There's, exactly. there's, there's tons of actors that would die to be in his position. Right. right now. And, and he was one of them. And he took it and yeah. he's happy and he was very proud to be in that movie. And the movie did well. The movie could have bombed. Yeah. You know, but it did well and he did well in it. But the point is, is it really sort of the producer's fault, Hollywood's fault? I, I, th- I think it is. I, I can't help but not blame Hollywood because for his 65,000, like, look what they're reaping off of it. Right. But at the same time, and it's like they, and they purposely did it, right? Because from what I, what what I'm aware of, 
the casting of all the Somalis. They just had an open casting in Milwaukee. Yeah, sure. Like, you know, they knew they weren't actors. They were like, oh, right. man, like we need some we need some African looking people right. that we don't have to pay Lupita prices or whatever. Right. Well, Lupita yeah. either, though. Don't, don't well, twisted. Well, you know, <laughs> Jamie Foxx prices. Right. Okay, so we, we, we don't need Jamie Foxx playing right. the Somali part. We need like some cheap labor. So I think they purposely did like they knew what they were doing. Like, right. So it's like, uh it's like you know the slimy producer kind of thing is what I think of. Like, it, well, I, I guess that, okay. Look, I, I think that there is some merit to that. There's some merit to like we're casting this big time movie. We have our stars. We have Tom Hanks. We have our, our, our established actors. But now we need some Somali. We need some pirate. You know, so we need some pirates. I don't know. Let's go to Milwaukee. Get some this Somali big Somali population. In, 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 so let's go get some pirates. Yeah, let's get those pirate money. You know, and then uh, that, that that that's that's understandable. It's, it's kind of like like praying. Like, right. like like you know so. The, it, 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 I, I don't know. Like, I maybe even feel like, you know, you get a nominated for Academy Award. Like, that should automatically be like, okay, we're going to give you another check. Like, you're yeah. elevating this movie. Well, sure. But I think I think that that's, you know, this, we're getting into the economics yeah, of how true. films are made. And I don't even point. understand that because it's yeah, so convoluted. Point, it's like, they, we have the money we have. The budgets are set. I mean, the only thing they could have done with him is given him sort of back-end deal. But it's like... They gave him pirate money, like you know. <laughs> like, and I guess they, go. I guess they helped him. Like they're helping him out grand. after the fact. Was, Congratulations! You know, Lend him borrow a suit from the costume exactly. department and giving him a car to drive around and a hotel to sleep in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, well, they should give him that shit for. Well, you know, they, I, we, we can only hope that you know people like Paul Greengrass and, and Tom Hanks maybe this will change the multi-bajillionaires of the studio will just break them off with a little something. That's just, that's just a tough reality, man. Like, I, if I try to put myself in his shoes to like really go to those heights and then I'll be devastated. Like, yeah, like, damn, I'm back in the same room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, remember yesterday I was at the Oscars? Remember I was on the boat with Tom Hanks? <laughs> no, and me, like, I couldn't even go back in the same room because I was going to cuss everybody yeah. out on my way out. <laughs> man. Like, I mean, Captain Phillips. I mean, like, do, you, do you think, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, do you think he was able to <laughs> Do you think he's able to get some girls off that right now? I hope off he got them before they got before this article came out. Like, he's gonna run up in the studio and be like, "I'm the producer now." <laughs> I mean, I hope he got something like out of the deal in the Oscar party. But they knew he was broke. Yeah. I mean, your brother's not. I mean, I'm not going to get into a physical situation, Akili, like you, like you know. But, uh, well, one, one last thing before we move on, like, what is? Uh, what if you if you guys let's play casting director right now? Let's play director. You're directing a film right now. Like, what, what would you cast him at? Like, what what, what could he play? Quick. Oh no, that's too long. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's almost like the same thing as like Ti. Right? Ti is the same in every movie. Like, he would have to be a very niche character that right. is always playing like whatever yeah. role he had in Captain Phillips. Like, especially since he's not an actor. Right. Like, maybe if he's like serious and he like goes to acting school, is like this is what he wants to do. Is like, oh okay, you could open up your opportunities. Right. But it's like. Ti was good in American House in American Gangster, though. But he's Ti is the same in everything he's in. That's he, true. Like he was just the difference from you know ATLs. He wasn't pushing a a mop. That's like. <laughs> okay, that's true. Uh, what would you cast him at? I mean, I, I could see him playing, you know, a character in The Walking Dead. Oh, or, <laughs> or, oh, I don't mean I don't mean a zombie. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were trying to call him a zombie. So I. I was like, oh, oh man, you know I got what you were doing. All right, I'm not. I'm not let's, let's let's move on. Let's just. Jump, I'm, let's, I'm doing bad today. I'm sorry. Uh, just real quick, can we can we jump back to uh to the, the Razzies? Razzies. Uh, I want. I just I just want to touch on that for a second because. Uh, one of Achilles hot picks of, <laughs> hot picks of 2013 Achilles one of Achilles favorite movies after earth was a uh was a was a recipient of the Razzie uh award man, so the Razzies, it's award winning man so we know yes we know so the Razzies are uh, awards that happen every year which is sort of the the anti Oscars it celebrates some of the worst films it's a fun thing uh, a, lot, a lot of the filmmakers, a lot of the actors actually will come out to this and re- pick up the awards and do speeches. It's kind of fun. And it happens the the, the night before of the Oscars, so right. it happens the Saturday. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, I think this year was the 34th year. It started yeah. in the 80, 1980, I believe. Yep. Um, but yeah. And uh, so the the big winners, the big winners were uh, Movie 43, which was, you know, some people like, which I thought was Awful. I, I, I didn't even see that movie. Okay, that yeah. was a movie with you know star-studded A-list stars, but, but I think it's like twelve or thirteen different um, sketches, a bunch of different writers and directors, all doing this really sort of over-the-top, you know, um, comedy that were like sex-filled and, and gross-filled, you know, and, and you know, gross-out and sex-filled. Like I got like maybe two laughs out of the whole movie, and um, yeah. Anyway, so that That's- was that. Uh, and then, of course, after Earth, man, Achilles came out of that movie. He was like <laughs> pumped up. 
Were you really? No, but he went to one knee. Man. He was like pumping no, his fist. Don't listen to this guy. <laughs> I remember. I remember. So I'm that's like, what I actually have seen. Okay. So I, okay, I was, okay what do you guys got? Because I, I need to know. What I was pumped up was just the technology involved in the movie. The, no, the, the camera that they were using. It was the first time that they used a 4K camera in, in a major Hollywood film. Okay. And so that's why I was pumped up. But in terms of, you know, the actual storyline and the, the acting, yeah, it, it was a little sketchy. It was oh, a little okay. sketchy. I, what would you think? <laughs> I mean, I actually watched it for the first time, like, last Wednesday. Oh, okay. It was on cable. I thought it was awful. Okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, as one of my friends pointed out to me when I said it was awful, he said, you know, it's a good father-son movie. And if he, if sure. he was like, if you had a son, you may want to see it. I was like, yeah, like, it taught us some life lessons, the whole yeah, take a knee, calm down, like that thing. But it was like... It was awful. We are we are way apologetic. We we, we make so many excuses for that movie as, <laughs> as black folks and black no, men. No, no, that's the like, only. No, I, that's I hear the, it so many times. Like, oh well, 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 yeah, it is a good father son movie. Well, you know, Will did like that movie was terrible. It was like. I just kept wanting him to like no offense, but just die. Like how they like it's like you go from like barely hanging on, then he's back to life. Right. And then it's like I didn't even get into how he was alive to begin with because we saw him fly out right, the right. front of that contraption. Right. And while his son is buckled in, so yes, I, I can see his son surviving, but it's like how was he able to survive when everyone else died? Like it was well, like okay, like from that point, it was like okay, this is so he's the one coincidental, like. <laughs> Well, he co-wrote the movie uh, with M. Night Shyamalan. He's Will Smith. Look, whatever. I mean, like, it, there's been I, my, my friend Ray Pratt. I'll call my friend Ray Pratt out because he saw it on cable and he he called me up and he was like, "That movie's kind of good." Now he was really upset about like it's you should watch it on cable. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, there it goes. So the Razzies. Uh, I'm sorry. Next year, let's see if you get a better pick next year. Man, yeah, next I, year you're one of your films, Mike. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I just pick winners. <laughs> uh, I'm about to go see uh, Nonstop tonight. <laughs> Liam Neeson's. All right, so and Lupita. Um, yeah, and Lupita, exactly. Okay. Uh, okay, so let's 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 transition into some video games really quickly. Um, uh, we do have just just one big announcement: Batman Arkham Knight is announced. Now I know how many people that play the Arkham series. Um, Batman, you know, Ar- Arkham Asylum. Arkham City, um, Arkham Origins, and now this is Arkham Knights. I don't know. I am a big, huge, huge um, Arkham fan. I'm a huge Batman fan. I, I love this on on the Xbox console. Um, this is one of the sort of the better video game series that are, are around, and I'm really, really excited about what they're going to do with um, with Arkham Knight because it's, it's a situation where you're actually you know, you're, you're Batman right, doing right. the damn thing, driving the Batmobile around, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's dope. They've, they've expanded the world. It's like five times bigger than some of the previous games you mentioned. And the ability to, you know, drive the, um, the Batmobile, the, the Batmobile um, I think they've, they've uh, upgraded that functionality of it in, t- in terms of the game. Like, the, the roads are, are spaced better, so you're able to run through stuff, and yep. it's, it seems pretty cool. Yeah. Are you a gamer? I'm not. This it's one, okay. This one gets filed under Captain Phillips. And <laughs> no, it's cool. No, it's cool. We'll read some because, you know, this is uh, we're a video game. We're both gamers. I'm a big gamer. But this is something that, you know, looking at the platform of, like, say, a GTA, a GTA 5 open exactly. world situation. You know, Arkham, Arkham City did a great open world situation. I think this is going to be as great as well. Um, moving on, the PS4 is, we talked about this before. We also going back and forth, PS4 versus Xbox One. It's really, really clear now that PS4 is really winning the war. Now, both consoles are going to make a lot of money. Yeah, both consoles they have made a lot well. of money. They have yeah. made a lot of money. Both consoles have done very well, and, and Microsoft will tell you in a second that we're doing fine. But, but the reality is Microsoft is scrambling, sort of scrambling to sort of like figure out ways to make their console better. Yeah. Um, but in, right now, it's PS4. It's, it's a combination of the brand recognition, the games, the, the the game availability, the quality of the games, the exclusive games, and the and online subscriptions. Online subscriptions. I mean, it's can't really forget the cheaper it. price. And and yes, exactly. Now, and it also has a lot to do with um, the fact that people, us Xboxers, and I'm an Xbox loyalist, sort of feel hate this whole sort of non backwards compatibility of the Xbox right. One. Um, you know, so that's that, that's a situation. I mean, I mean, I think it's I think it's too early to be conclusive of who's going to come out top dog. I think it's a tortoise. Uh, versus hair scenario, right. like it's a mar- it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like so, we'll see. Like come around um, November, December of this year, like who's really killing the game. Like after E three, right. like we'll see who's really like emerging. 
Um, but I mean, PS4 is really smashing Xbox <laughs> at this very moment. Sure. So. That's fine. So. I mean, well, Xbox is doing a couple things. When they jump down, Xbox is doing a couple cool things. The first thing they're doing is they're getting like a lot of independent developer support right now. So they're really trying to do some things where uh, they are inviting more folks out to come and develop right. apps and, and things for for the Xbox One platform. I think their 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 plan was to develop uh, have the Xbox One be the only box you have in your house. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that they're doing with. Uh, your television integration with television and games and a lot of things are, which the with the connect technology which is all all fantastic the technology is amazing there's just not enough shit to do with the technology right so what they really got to do is really ramp up the ability for developers and other folks to be able to make stuff to make that to make this cool I think by adding the the, the developer component is definitely going to do that because there's a lot of a lot of programmers and developers that want to be able to, you know, showcase their games, and they don't right. really have an outlet because they don't have, you know, the big budget. They don't have the distribution channel. They don't right. have the, the company backing them. So this is this is kind of like when the App Store um, first came out and they opened it up for, to developers, and it was just like a huge proliferation of new new apps and new games on for the for the iPad and for the iPhone. Like it's going to be the same thing for the Xbox. Right. So. I agree. And then the last thing Xbox is doing is they just announced this whole open music platform where they're going to allow. Um, Xbox Music will have videos as well. Yeah, 92,000 uh, music videos will be able to be viewed through this app. Um, and really, they're trying to compete against the Spotify's and the and the Beats Music's of the sure. world. And so they have a... the so You download the app, you pay a subscription of $10 a month, and you have access to you know all the music you want and then all these videos. And it's also, they're trying to go against Vivo and YouTube and yep. all that stuff. So, so we'll see. There's some things happening there. Uh, let's transition into some, into some neuroculture stuff. Uh, Hugh Jackman, my guy Hugh Jackman, uh, was just sort of talking about Wolverine and sort of people were really, you know, I mean, he is the iconic face of Wolverine, but what he's, what he's saying is, um, I mean, well, he's, Hugh Jackman is, is, you know, my age, actually, or a little old, you know, maybe a little older than me, he's my, my age, but, uh, you know, and I look something like that, you know? <laughs> so, you know, we're the same age, you know, same physique, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but Hugh's saying, like, this is not sustainable. You know, and, and, and it's inevitable. So people should get used to the fact that he's going to have to be recast at some point. I and mean, we have, you know, Days of Future Past is coming out. Um, and uh, I don't I think, I think there's another Wolverine movie, definitely a sequel coming in the works. But he's kind of hinting at he can't, the, the, what it takes for him to become Wolverine from a physical standpoint is a lot. You see those workouts? I'm, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what he yeah. eats and how he has to do. And like he like has the to, discipline to be able to have that physique, like. But aside that, I like, know all about that. <laughs> it takes me. Woo. I mean, he's been playing this role for 14 years, seven movies. Yeah. Like, I think that's a long run. But for, for me, it's hard to see someone else playing the Wolverine aside from him. Like, what's your take on, on Wolverine? Wolverine's my favorite character of X Men ever. Like, from the cartoons and in the movies, like, just it's great. But I mean, the way I when I saw the article, the way I thought about it was the same. You have to think about like Batman, um, James Bond, like it, it, you know, Superman, like whoever. It's like it's not. It's inevitable. Like, yeah, and, and and it's rare that anyone ever, ever goes this long. Like, yeah. like, I think he is the longest. So it's yeah. like, I think so. Maybe that's why it, like hits a little bit harder because it's yeah. like you thought that it's like, well, when he stops, they're going to stop doing Wolverine. But of you're like, that's, that's forever. Not, that, yeah. yeah, that's not going to happen. So it was also interesting. I remember when this was cast. I remember when Hugh Jackman <laughs> was cast, and we were all because it was originally an actor called uh, Dugri, Dugri Scott. He was a villain in Mission Impossible Two, and he turned the role down so he could be the villain in Mission Impossible Two. It's a bad move, Dugri Scott. <laughs> man, but, uh, man. He, he ended up being who? A, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, he's, uh, Dugger. I think he's a Scottish actor, but, actor, but, uh, but anyway, he's, uh, yeah, so he turned the role down. Hugh Jackman got it. I remember thinking, Hugh Jackman. And then the, the interesting thing about Hugh is from 14 years ago when he, when he, when he first did that thing, if you look at pictures from then, you look at this picture now, I mean, he looks way better now, 14 years ago to later than he did when he actually started originating the role. So I don't know. I think he can do it forever. We'll see. I'm a guy who watched. Sorry, you got to say the same thing about Jesse Eisenberg where you were like upset. Well, I mean, we're going to get into that right uh, now, but we're going to get into that because, uh, but I will say that I will, uh, I was a guy who loved Roger Moore, old ass cranky ass Roger Moore as James Bond when he was like you know fat and could barely fit in tuxedo and doing bad karate moves I was like get him Roger so I don't know I was a Roger Moore guy from James Bond so I, I, I wish he would stay you know forever <laughs> anyway um, transitioning into um, into Superman versus Batman uh, Zack Snyder has gotten a lot a lot of heat over casting obviously the fanboys have just been going nuts and I'm a, I'm a DC guy myself so I'm a Batman guy as I already said Fans have gone nuts over the casting of um, 
um, Ben Affleck as Batman, Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor, uh, my girl um, as, as as Wonder Woman. Like, her name's escaping me right now. People have really like every move that he's made, every casting decision. They're like, ah, and that's kind of what you know we as fanboys do. Uh, but Zach is, Zach is, uh, he's, he's, he's really bit back. Like, he's doing a lot of, he's doing a lot of press for the new 300 movie he's involved in. And he's finally sort of speaking on this. And he didn't, he's kind of, kind of went at the fans a little bit. He's like, basically, he said, uh, we know the material, you don't. So, you don't know what we're doing. So, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. You don't know, <laughs> you know what we're doing. We know the material. Uh, trust us. So, you think I don't know the canon? You think I don't know the history? Either the reason why we're casting these people are very specific reasons. Like, wait, why don't you wait to see the movie first? He also said that Ben Affleck is, you know, he's the, he's perfect for this Batman. We're exploding the world. Jesse Eisenberg was out nominated for an Oscar. So why well, I don't understand what the beef is. It's not like I cast one of my homeboys. Yeah. Well, he said not like I cast one of my friends or one of my buddies. So he's like, trust the process. Like you know, th- this movie's coming out in 2015. So trust the process. Uh, what do you think? I mean, well, he didn't say homeboys, but he did no, say friend. haters are hating, which I thought that, that's how he ended it. I <laughs> yeah. was like, man, like. <laughs> What's that's, happening here? That was a mic drop moment. Oh my! What else? That is going to hate. <laughs> absolutely. But no, I mean, like maybe he could have said it more gently. Sure. But but you know, because yeah, facts are facts. Like, yeah. but I, but I, I I do see where he's coming from. Like, he's making the movie, or they yeah. are making the movie. Like, they know what they're doing. Like, they're not making it to to please people who aren't filmmakers. Yeah. Keely, I mean. I appreciate the pushback. Like he is a filmmaker. He's a he is a, a a power player. Like he knows what he's doing. He's in the driver's seat. So I mean, he has a, a history of success. So I mean, I think this is going to be explosive. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of creative minds and a lot of genius was put into developing this. So I I don't, I don't think they'll be that far off. Yeah. So. And at the end of the day, if you don't like Ben Affleck and Jesse Eisenberg, like don't go see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, but it's still going to break records. Yeah. Like, well, the the power of what he's saying really comes. What I like. About this is like he is basically saying like I'm already directing the movie. I've already the script's already <laughs> written. The cash is the checks are already being cashed. You guys have no choice but to sit back and come to a movie or not. Yeah. No one's not going to see this movie. Absolutely. So he's so I, I like his pushback. And I like this that, the bravado. Yeah, yeah, bravado. I was like, look, I know, I know what I'm doing. You don't. When you when the, when the lights go down and the movie comes up, you can judge it then. In the meantime, shut the f up. <laughs> hey, <that's gonna laughs> I'm not going to listen to this for another two years. <laughs> Drop. <laughs> <laughs> Two years later, come see me. Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. I, yeah. I, I did not love his take on Superman. I'm actually, I'm on the fence on Zack Snyder in general. I mean, I lo- love 300, obviously, as well did. I really loved Watchmen for the most part. It was pretty faithful ad- adaptation of the graphic novel. A little long. I kind of love what he did. Uh, Circuit Punch was horrible. Um, and then uh, the, the Owl movie. I don't know about that one. But uh, Superman, I was a little disappointed. Um, but it's hard. It's hard when you're retelling origin stories. I finally watched Superman last week, uh-huh. and uh, I wasn't that disappointed. It was a good movie. Yeah. I'm saying it was. It was it's kind of you know. It's got it's got a lot of good stuff in it, but it's got a lot of uh, you know other stuff in it too. So I don't know. Uh, did you like Superman? Haven't seen it. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm going to see 300 tonight. Tickets already bought. Oh cool. Oh that's right. That's tonight. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna see that too. Maybe I'm gonna see 300 tonight. Instead of nonstop. All right. Uh, so moving on, we're going to just jump into uh, some tech stories real quick on the way out. Uh, we got a couple of those. Uh, Facebook. Now we've been talking a lot about drones over the last few weeks, and Amazon with the drones, and and the FAA's approved like, drones flying around. Uh, Facebook now has, uh, is, is, has has a drone program coming out. Yeah, Akili, tell us about this. So I mean, the, the idea is to bring um, the internet or connectivity to. Uh, five billion people that do not have access to um, the internet, and so these drones will provide that capability. And so Facebook wants to spend sixty million dollars to purchase this company called Titan Aerospace, and uh, essentially this company creates this orbital solar-powered drone that flies um, across the world, across the across the globe. I think I want to say maybe like thirty miles up. Yeah, it's high. It's very high. It's higher than um, the FAA. Um, FAA is only 60,000 feet, yeah. so which is only about 10 miles. So they're like 30, 40 miles up. And so essentially it provides like a, a internet connectivity for areas where there's not a lot of infrastructure. And right. so Facebook's idea is to be, be able to have, you know, a lot of people 
log on to Facebook, which in, in turn will be able to create more ad revenue um, as they expand um, in the future. Right. Um, I think that that is, I mean, so that here's what, it's one of these things, and I'm terrified of drones. I know this is kind of what we've been saying. I'm terrified of the whole drone. Um, you know, for a guy that's a tech podcast, I'm terrified of, of, of all these advanced technology. Uh, but, but drones is a situation. So I, I, I love the idea of hiding behind the fact that we're going to be able to provide internet to these places that don't have it. Right. The reality is, is Facebook's going to have a bunch of drones constantly flying around doing a bunch of whatever they want to do. Yep. Um, Facebook's already pretty powerful. I, I wonder, like we talked about Facebook's first 10 years and what they're able to accomplish in this first 10 years, how it completely has transformed us as a, as a culture and a society. Yeah. I'm really fearful of what's going to happen in the next 10 years, building upon this gigantic base that they have of data. We talked about their, all the data mining they're able to do, all the, all, the, all the info they've collected in the last 10 years, the fact that they're going to have drones in the air is like, I, I, I don't know, call me an alarmist, but I'm scared. As a, as a person who used to work in aerospace, you should be scared. But nah, like, I mean, I think it's cool. Like, in, in, in theory, like, yeah, I think that's awesome. Like, that this is how you're spreading it. In practicality, like, I don't, like, where's the infrastructure coming from? Like, okay, so we give these people Wi-Fi and Internet, but are we dropping computers and iPads and cell phones? Like, Not from 30 miles up. Yeah, exactly. It is like, <laughs> and then it's like, and we're giving them Internet connectivity because they can't get it where they are because they're in some remote village or something. So, like, what exactly are they going to be using it on? Right. Like, well, that's so the, that's, that's what makes me wonder, like, what is the ulterior motives here? With Like, not with just Facebook, but for all these companies that are saying, we're putting stuff up in the air. It's like, yeah. but, that, but that's the thing. Like mobile, especially in Africa, like there's there's a lot of mobile opportunities in terms sure. of the price point for the cellular phones. Like they might be a little bit more dated. They may not be getting the Galaxy in the, in the iPhone, but there there are phones that are that are smartphones that are cheaper mm-hmm. price point that people can still log on and you know send a text message, send a photo, watch a video. Very simple like navigation that are being offered to third world countries. And I think. I think that's the move because he's seeing like, hey, all these hands and eyes, all these eyeballs and ears will have have a device. Well, Facebook needs to be on them. So why not control, you know, why not control that infrastructure from the sky? Right. And of course, so, you're going to have to like log into Facebook to yeah. even search on something and check your email. Right. And the, one, the, other, the other thing is before we move on is like this, the bearing the lead here is that this is just another Facebook power move because this isn't the fact that Facebook is looking to build drones. Facebook's looking to buy Titan Aerospace. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to buy Titan Aerospace who makes drones so they can have their own drone I mean, they're gonna have a drone. Like, they're gonna have a drone program. Yeah, yeah. so like, they're gonna have a drone program. That's, like that, exactly that, that's the that's the lead that I'm kind of burying here. That's kind of what's really scary about this, you know? Because they're they're buying WhatsApp and they try to buy Snapchat. And that's one thing, but we're buying Titan Aerospace. Are they, are they taking the weapons bay door off? Exactly. Of it? Like, what, are, like, what are they? What, what are they doing? Yeah, like, are they spying on us. Yeah, like, that's what makes me. That's what it makes me. That's why I say it's like, oh, this is just like. It's not like they hired a bunch of cats to develop some drones. <laughs> yeah, and it is not like they're like, oh, okay, let us just put some panels on top of your. Drones. Right. It's like, no, we're gonna buy your <laughs> we're gonna, company. Yeah, we're gonna put a. a Facebook logo yeah, on the other side yeah. of Titan. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how that plays out. But I'm not I'm not very optimistic about that. Uh, one of the other things that we want to talk about is just this Beats Music. You know, uh, I just want to talk about Beats Music real quick. But Beats Music is is the system we talked about, which is the Dr. Dre, Jimmy Iovine competitor to Spotify. They now are doing some really cool things. They're also opening up, just like Xbox, they're opening opening up their whole system to developers. Uh, they made it, uh, this API public, so which allows is all these developers to, to, to make stuff. Their goal really is to be able to have Beats in the car, beats everywhere you go, beats music everywhere you go, because this is one of the main things with other, the competing, even iTunes. Like, you can't really port this stuff without your mobile device. They want to make it so that it's a part of our everyday life. Um, one of the things the CEO said is that people are paying a hundred, dollars a, a year for music. They should be able to have it wherever they want. And yeah. I agree. All access. All yeah. access. I mean, this is huge for me because I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a Spotify loyalist right now, but that news made me want to switch to beats. What do you think? I mean, I, I think this move is is smart. I think it's it's I, Spotify's already done this. They've opened up their API you know, years ago, and so I think you know, this is part of the the natural progression for Beats Music. And I think where these subscription services are going, like they have to give that value to the the consumer, to the customer, because mm-hmm. like you said, like people want to be able to have their content on demand wherever. They are, and like I think it's essential. Like if you're if you're on a road trip, you're on a plane or whatever, you're in a different city. Like you want to be able to have it instantaneously, right? And so I think this is a it's a cool move, and also to give other developers an opportunity to to customize it for whatever platform they're integrating it into. I think it's very smart. What do you think? 
I'm still old school, so I still use Pandora. Okay, that's <laughs> and, right. And when they tell me I can't skip anymore, I just change channels. But <laughs> but I, I, I am aware of the music description markets, and I think like you know was was kind of leery of when Beats moved in. It's like, do we really need another one of these? Because it's already this many that I'm personally not paying to be a member of. Right. Uh, but they've made a pretty strong and significant push, and you know, like from LA being in their Super Bowl commercial, like I see the commercials all the time with like AT and T, and it's like they're taking themselves seriously so it's like you know it's interesting to see how they're able to leverage that and i also think it helps that you know the beats headphones have blown up but they're they're you know they're cool they're popular so it's like i think people might leave you know these other other things just to be associated with beats the the, the brand is strong it's cool i mean they've done something really created a really strong brand with the headphones and otherwise but then beats music they've created something that is a cultural cool thing and people want to be associated with cool and they also have people like everyone from to you know colin kaepernick get involved yeah absolutely i mean you can't you can't go wrong there um, we want to do a little quick, um, you know, we did a couple more stories, but, you know, we can get out of here. But before that, we want to do a little quick product review because we've been talking about a lot about this. Um, one of the things that, that, that that's come out lately is, uh, we're talking about the, the Apple TV versus the Roku, Roku, Roku versus the, the, the Chrome, the Google Chrome that's came out. Um, I purchased a Google Chrome. I have one. It's this little device right here. Now, these are devices actually that plug into your television that allow you to stream, um, not stream, but actually download a bunch of content, use a bunch of apps, uh, whether it's TV shows or movies or beyond. Uh, Apple TV's been in the game for years now. The price point's down to about 100 bucks. I own one. You own one or no? I, I'm in the market for Apple market TV. For you. Apple TV. Or any one that's better. Apple TV's fantastic. I, I'm, I'm, but, but I had to check out the Google Chrome because it's only $35. So um, there's a big piece talking now um, about Roku, which is also very similar to this, which I don't have on me, versus Chromecast. And the Roku, which is very similar to this, is about $50. This is $35. Um, this is great. The only issue I have with the Chrome is it's not self-powered, so you have to plug this in. This is it's sort of deceiving if you see this here. You have to plug a power device in here, so when you plug it in the, in, into your monitor, uh, it is... You have to have a cord hanging out as well, which is which is kind of you know the purpose yeah. unsightly. I How, saw it. <laughs> however, um, it's great because what all this allows you to do is be able to stream from any any your device you have your your phone, <laughs> your tablet, or your your PC, whatever your whatever you have on your, your your Netflix, whatever it is from your TV, you can stream it from your computer device. Stream it right to your TV. I've done it in hotel rooms. I've done it all over the place from my phone, Netflix on my phone. Well, so you could just take it wherever you are. Yeah, exactly. Oh wow! This is this is why this was great. I mean, this is a little easier to carry around than my Apple TV lugging that thing around. Yeah. So you know, I was you know, when I'm traveling in a hotel room and they don't have Netflix and I don't want to do the hotel thing and they allow you to have a USB connection. Some do. I mean, a um, a, a, a HDMI connection. Some do. Some don't. I plug it in. Central nice my phone. places. I love it. The disadvantage is it doesn't really have a lot of app support like Roku does, which has every every single app, which is fantastic. Um, Roku also comes with a with a, a real remote for a couple dollars more. Um, but I think when it's all said and done, Roku for fifty bucks is probably a little better. But I think as a, as a value, as an extra thing, I don't, I don't know if this is my exclusive thing. Like I said, I have an Apple TV, but I really love the Google Chrome. Yeah, I would say for for the you know. But price point, like this is excellent. Thirty five dollars to have this and you'd be able to, you know, transport it easily, like throw it in your in your bag, like plug it in wherever you are. I think this Chromecast. is this is perfect, you know what I'm saying? But I mean I'm I'm a I am an Apple T V guy, so I don't I don't know if I'll be purchasing those joints, but really? I I can see for the guy that doesn't want to spend the C note, like that is definitely but you know, the, the portability option. of it. Like this is in my bag. So I, everywhere I go I can just pop this up, we can be watching whatever. I mean, but the Apple TV is is the size of a coaster. It's not. Yeah. It's not that much of a difference. You know what I'm saying? Like you can put that in your pocket. You can't put an Apple TV in your pocket. Nah. But I mean, if you're traveling, like you could do the same thing with Apple TV. Okay. Uh, so I say Chromecast Apple TV combination. If you don't want to spend the money, go with the Chromecast. The Roku's fine, but I feel like that that's a it's a good middle ground for you. But in the meantime, I feel like it's Chromecast or Apple TV or a combination of both if you can afford it. There that's it for you. One last thing before get we get out of here, a couple quick things. Um, we've been talking about, the, a bit, there's a great article in, in the week about uh, 
American internet. And this is really something that's fascinating to me because America, the pe- the country that created the internet, the country that is the home of Silicon Valley and all these fantastic companies such as Google and Twitter and, and Facebook and the technology mecca, we are 31st in the world in terms of download speeds, yeah. in terms of speeds of internet speeds in, in general. We're slow. We're 42nd. You know, like we're 42nd in upload speeds. We're 31st in, in download speeds. We're being beat by like, I mean, <laughs> the companies we're getting beat. We're getting beat by every Hungary, Estonia, Slovakia. Like everybody's beating America. Pretty unfortunate. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is this is beyond ridiculous. One of the, the main reason why this is is it's the telecommunications sort of backlog we have here. We have a situation where we have four, like four to five major telecommunications companies, uh, whether it's Time Warner, Comcast, AT&T, Verizon, who now basically control almost all of the infrastructure mm-hmm. uh, of that. And because we did, we, we have, you know, we have this great, so supposedly great, sort of like uh, this, this Telecommunications Act, which came out in 1976, which was supposed to uh, break up the monopolies, but all it really did is it allowed me to merge with you, you to merge with him, you take that side of the country, I'll take this side of the country, and then it's mm-hmm. all fine. So it was actually made a bigger monopoly because it allowed all these companies to sort of buy each other. It went from like a bunch of small companies to four big companies. Right. And now we have no competition. Um, I think uh, Verizon stopped building their uh, fiber, fiber, fiber optic infrastructure in 2010. Yeah. They haven't laid any kind of fiber optics in four years. AT&T is laying a lot of stuff because of um, uh, UVerse and some others, mm-hmm. but we're never going to get there. And so, what this, well, there's one solution I want to get you guys' take on this. The solution now, what Obama's trying to do is do a public version of this and say, like, okay, we as America are going to we're going to lay fiber optic throughout the, throughout the country and do this as an American public Wi-Fi thing, like other countries do. Uh, of course, he's getting opposition because it's it's a thing about competition yeah. and, and capitalism. It's but, economics. Yeah. But what do you think about this? I mean, I think power in the hands of the cable companies is is, is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's this this concept called net net neutrality, where you know internet is free to all and everyone. And I think you know the cable companies are trying to position themselves where they can determine even the speed that you get per website. For instance, like hey, well Facebook pays. Time Warner, you know, a price point will give Facebook a faster speed than we give Twitter. So when you yeah. hop when you hop online and you hop on Twitter, it's like this shit is slow as fuck. But if you hop on Facebook, it's quick. And right. so I think like th- there's rules in place to prevent that from happening. But I think that's why when you when you get those stats about why America is slow is because they want to keep that speed low so that you know they have the opportunity to you know up up those prices up. You want that fast speed? Well, you have to pay. Right. And so I think in a perfect world for the cable company it would be to pretty much destroy net neutrality where they can have the option to determine what the speed is for each site, for each um, conglomerate. Like if Google, if you're going to hop on Google, if you want these services, now Google's going to charge you to use the services because the cable company, the internet provider, is now charging Google for, right. for the speed. Well, that makes sense. We're going to get it, but I just want to say that the problem we're having with that is that mostly people like Comcast are also content providers. Right. So, you know, Comcast, who owns NBC Universal, can say, oh, you want to be on Comcast? Well, guess what? Uh, uh, Hannibal, we're going to get super high speed on, but uh, CSI, exactly. that's going to be slow. Exactly. You know, so that's, that's a problem. I mean, any thoughts on this before we get out of here? No, yeah, like, I've been got, like, two, basically. One is those drones better not get faster service. <laughs> and then, like, the, the second piece is that, you know, like, as a, as a country, we're so, like, hypersensitive and worried about, like, the government controlling our information and things when it's, like, we're sitting here and we're watching it happen live time where private companies are controlling it, which I'm right. even more leery of than the government. Because, like, what do they want to do? Because, like you were saying, like, Comcast, you know, owns, you know, ABC, NBC Universal, like all of this stuff. It's like they're not just controlling how fast we're getting stuff. Like they're controlling what we're getting and like how we get it. Right. And like that's changing the shape of society. It is. It's it's, it's, the net neutrality situation has to happen. But when you have these people who control the content the minute we get, that's something we have to look at as well. Last point. So I think with like the data capping, like we see with cell phones, like when you when you buy a cell phone and you get a, it's you ridiculous. Get a, yeah, like you, once you reach a certain threshold, now you have to pay this extra thing. We're going to start to see that with the internet as well. Once right, you slow you down, exactly. Once you stream so so many videos, Joe. Once you download, once you play so many games, right. um, like there will be a point where you'll be begin to have to pay more for a higher premium. 
And that's going to really And what's suck. unfortunate is that everything is moving toward, like, we have to be online. Like, yeah. you can't yeah. not be online. Well, there's lots of money to be made, lots of money for us to spend. That's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, we're going to get out of here. That was a, a great, it was great having you. Like, you know, oh, man, it was a pleasure. Man, it was cool having you into the studio to be able to chop stuff up with. We went through a lot very yeah. quickly. Uh, where can we find you? Online? We got you have a Twitter handle. You got something? What you got? You can find me on Twitter uh, at e dollar sign, uh, no R. In the e dollar, dollar sign. sign. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't don't be offended if you see some things. It's not my professional Twitter. It's the personal. Okay, um, well, you, you put it out there. And I, I, I just want to I just want to say that Eric is a really great guy, um, very smart, and uh, I wish you well, man. Continue to do great things, bro. Absolutely, yeah. I appreciate the kind words, Keely. Uh, cool, Keely. Where can we find you? You can find me at Akili Shine on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at Joe K. Braswell on Twitter and Instagram. Um, it's been a pleasure. We will see you next week for show number 15 of Gate Nerd Tech. Uh, we are out. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.